Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody. So welcome to the show today. I'm real excited you guys are here. A bunch of stuff is coming down the pike over at Heidi St. John. So I just want to encourage you guys to get off the bench and get onto the battlefield with me. One of the reasons I love my guests today is that they have been on mission, on point, off of the sidelines and onto the front lines since long before I knew them. They've encouraged me tremendously. John and Ann Dunnigan are the founders of Mission Minded Families, and they are serving with Harvest Mission. Ministries, and they're the parents of seven grown homeschooled kids. They're doing something I like to call grandkid palooza over there. Uh, collectively, the Dunnigans have ministered to or traveled to over a hundred nations and to all seven continents focused on remote frontier evangelism, loving orphans, planning churches, and helping families for God's great commission. We're going to be talking about marriage and family today. This is something these guys know a lot about. So one of my favorite reasons for having John and Ann on the show today is these guys know a thing or two about marriage. And in fact, I just happened to get them on their 34th wedding anniversary. So John and Ann Dunnigan, thanks for spending it with me. Well, we're glad to be here and we sure appreciate you having us on this interview. And I appreciate you reminding me of the exact date of our wedding anniversary. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to remember it earlier this morning. So well, I'm you know, dude, that reminded. could actually, that could go badly for you. I think sometimes people will ask my husband, you know, how long have you guys been married? And Jay will get the sort of deer in the headlights look and then he'll say, not long enough. <laughs> yeah. Anne's grandparents were married over 50 years, and her grandmother once asked her grandfather, she said, Lewis, you haven't told me you love me in many, many years. And he said, well, <laughs> Margaret, I told you that 50 years ago, and if it would have changed my mind, I would have said something. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so you guys, you guys are doing, you're busy. I mean, every time I am uh, talk to you, Anne, you guys are, you know, you're traveling, you've got new projects coming up. But before we get to everything you're doing, because I really want to hit the topic of marriage with you. I love talking to people who've been married for a long time. And I know there are a lot of people listening to this today who could use the encouragement that you guys are going to give. But tell everybody a little bit about your family and what you've been doing for the last 34 years. Well, as a family, uh, 34 years of marriage, about the same amount of time being involved in global missions uh, all over the world. And we've got seven kids, five are married, and we have just had number 12 and 13 grandbabies. So we are uh, growing and being fruitful. And we are thoroughly loving life. And it just gets better and better. And of the 13 grandkids, nine of them are in diapers. So <laughs> <laughs> the oldest is six. <laughs> so we are certainly enjoying this season of life to have not only raised our generation of our own children to serve the Lord, but to also see our grandchildren growing up to serve the Lord. It is really exciting and joyful. Yeah, it really isn't. 
it's multi-generational what you're doing from the start. Yeah, you know, really from the very beginning, we had, even back when we were engaged, we had a vision for our family to think generationally and to really plan our lives for eternity. And something way back when we were engaged, as we were just really praying about what God's plan was for our life, is we felt the Lord speak to our heart and say that our marriage was not going to be characterized by our ministry, but our ministry would be characterized by our marriage. And so, you know, from the Mm. very beginning, it was this culture of both ministry and family together, multiplying each other. And also when we were first married and we committed, you know, our future lives and family and grandchildren all to the Lord, just committing our entire future to the Lord, we felt the Lord prompt us out of the book of Acts that we were to pattern our life after Philip, Um, not Philip the apostle, but Philip the evangelist. In Acts chapter 6, he served as a deacon. In Acts chapter 8, he was evangelist in the city of Samaria. And then he ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch. And then he was uh, taken by the Lord and put up into into another city. And then in Acts chapter 21, we find Paul and his traveling companions. They come and they visit Philip. And Philip was known for his hospitality. And also it says that he had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And so what we got out of that is that we were to live a life of service to the Lord like Philip, we were to be evangelists, and that we were to raise godly children, and that to live a life of hospitality and of outreach and of serving the Lord and others. And so that's what we've been doing by the grace of God for the last 30-something years. Wow. And you guys have really had, you had quite an impact. I mean, you really are known for hospitality. You're no, you are known for all these things. And I think there are parents who are listening to this right now who are like, oh, for the goodness sake, you know, the Dunnigans have been traveling all over the world. They've raised their kids and I can't even get cereal on the table for my five little people every day. <laughs> so talk to the parents. Um, Anne, I'll start with you and then I'm going to sh- uh, shift over to, to John. But Anne, talk to the mom right now who's listening to this and they're hearing what you guys are saying and they're like, Yes, I want that. How do I do that? Where do I start? What do you say? Uh, For us, it's even just like establishing what, you know, do you get it? Do you you get what life's all about? And, you know, we we like to say that, um, you know, if you get it, it's like we are living for eternity. We're living for the kingdom of God. And, you know, marriage and family, this is God's idea. You know, not not everybody is going to get on an airplane and travel to some remote foreign place. Uh, Something we like to say is that missions is not just for missionaries. God's call is for all. But as a family, you know, we develop a culture. You know, as, as your family, each of you develop a culture for your family. And, you know, for us, part of that culture is evangelism and adventure and travel. We love babies. We love life. We have fun. You know, it. we focus on the gospel and the Great Commission. It, it's part of our family culture. And every family needs to realize, you know, what are the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the interests that you have as a family? And how can you develop those for, you know, where it will make a difference for eternity? Yeah. And she and that mom whose who's, uh, baby just crawled through the spilled orange juice on the floor right now. She starts <laughs> with uh, she starts with just prayer and really getting together. You guys, you guys got together. I mean, this is what I'm imagining. And is that you and John and John, this is something you can speak to you. You guys came together and you decided together. 
this is something that's important to us. We want to serve the Lord. What does that look like practically when our kids are very little? Because I know, Ann, you and I have talked about this. John traveled quite a bit, right? And Ann, you didn't always get to go. I remember, uh, and there are some seasons where that's, uh, where that's difficult. And what we, I think what can be sometimes lost in the, in the younger years when all of our kids are little is what we are doing is we're in a season of sowing, but then there comes the season of reaping. So what do the parents who are in the season of sowing, how can they begin to build that culture for their own families? I would just say one of the most important things to sow is to continually sow the word of God over the lives of your children. Um, yes. For years, ever since our children were born, and even before they were born, even before Anne was pregnant with them, um, we would pray God's promises over them. You know, for example, like Psalms chapter one, where it says, "Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly." And we would insert the name of our children in there. And I still, to this day, pray for our children and even our grandchildren. And I personalize that scripture, inserting individual names into Psalms chapter one or other scriptures like that. And another scripture that has really stood out to us over the years, and one of my favorite ones regarding home and family is in Isaiah chapter 32, verses 17 and 18. It says, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people will dwell in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. And You know, I just, over the years, we have just prayed and thanked God, even in advance, even when we were living with kids in an apartment and it wasn't so peaceful, quiet, and secure. Right. We would just say, (laughs) Lord, we thank you that by your grace, we have a home that is peaceful, quiet, and secure. And Lord, we thank you that by your word, that each and every one of our descendants will love and serve and follow you. And so I just can't emphasize enough of praying the word of God over your family, your home, and your children. And John, you, you're you hitting on something really important because I think in the culture right now, we have, we have maligned the role of fathers in the home, and yet God has given you an incredible role that is the stewardship of your family. The Bible declares that men are to be leaders in their homes. And I know there are a lot of men that are listening to this right now that have, they know that they haven't been doing that. And they know that their their families are struggling. Talk to that man right now. How can he become the leader that God wants him to be in his home and to love his wife like Christ? love the church? Well, I once talked to one pastor that he said when he gets in an argument with his wife, he always gets the last word in. (laughs) And that is, yes, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) And I like to say, you know, Anne acknowledges me, the leader of the home, as long as I do what she tells me to do. (laughs) No, you know, being the leader of your home as a dad is not, you know, first of all, you got to get out of this mentality that you're some Old Testament patriarch. Yeah, that. Thank you. I mean, that's come right. On. You know, the Bible says that we submit to one another in love. And I'm the leader yes. of our home, but I also submit to Anne's counsel and, you know, and direction too, that we, you know, prayerfully consider things and listen to what she has to say. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're asked, you know, like, what is the most important marriage advice you can give? And we've been asked that many, many times. And my answer is this is, It's Ephesians chapter four. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And we have taken that even as a step farther that we don't even part company if there's wrath or discussion, you know, or disagreement that we make sure 
things are good between us before we part company. And, um, you know, there's also a little speech that I like to teach guys. And the speech is this, is that it's, here's the wording. I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to have a happy home. It's, it's got to have all three parts. Yeah, you've got to have that in you. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. One and, time I and told, I was wrong for yeah, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> One time I told Anne, I said, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And she said, uh, you forgot the other part about I was wrong. <laughs> but you know, but seriously, you know, if if a husband wants to be a leader in the home, to be a good leader, you've got to first of all acknowledge that you can make mistakes as a dad and as a husband, yeah. and that you need to be willing to say, you know what, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. To your wife and to your children. And then to correct that mistake and then to just lead as well as you can, according to God's word. You're not going to be perfect, but, you know, you've just got to really have a humble heart as a dad and as a husband. Another thing, Heidi, is um, when, you know, you're thinking about that, the mom with those little kids and the Cheerios and the orange juice spilled all over everywhere is, you know, even during those busy years as a mom that we are growing and and being eternally focused. And I, I think of living in what I call submission to God. It, it's like that part sub of what's under the surface. And just as we are you know, growing in our relationship with the Lord, teaching our kids the word of God, you know, whether it's teaching them memory verses or learned, you know, teaching them how to pray, but to realize that under the surface, it's like our roots are growing or like under the surface, like a submarine that we can be advancing forward for the kingdom of God, even when no one is seeing what we're doing. It's, it's those under the surface things of character and our relationship with God, living with a fear of God in our lives is more important than you know what we just like do for God. It's it's our relationship with him that then overflows into a healthy relationship as husbands and wives and parents and children. Yeah, that's right. I just had Bill Jack on the show uh, last week, and we were talking a little bit about the importance of parents really stepping into the gap for their children and and taking an active role in the discipleship of their children. The schools should not be discipling our children. The church is not to disciple children. They're to come alongside and assist. Their primary job is not to disciple children. That is the primary job of parents. What does that look like or what has that looked like? I realize your kids are grown now, but I'm watching you guys. Are You guys are discipling your grandchildren children now also. So what did that look like in the Dunnigan home? Well, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says that we're to diligently teach our children um, when you sit down, when you stand up, when you walk on the way, you know, all different types and environments that we're to disciple and train our children. And I would just say as a dad that you have to find out what works for you. My wife comes from, you know, her side of the family is very academic minded, lots of teachers and professors and principals in schools, things like this. And uh, my side of the family is more outdoorsy, loggers, hunters, fishermen, you know, farmers, that type of thing. And, um, you know, I have never really been so much into uh, formal Bible studies with our family. Um, you know, some people think that in order to be a successful parent, the dad has to always lead formal Bible studies. But you know what? That wasn't my style of teaching to our kids. My style of teaching was discipling them when we're doing regular things through the course of life. 
And um, whether we're working together or cutting wood or whether we're building something or even sitting in the hot tub. In fact, one of our sons who just who graduated from Bible college um, after three years in Bible college, he told me, he said, Dad, he said, I just want to tell you something. There is not even one thing I learned at Bible college that you had not already taught me while we were sitting in the hot tub. <laughs> I said, that's awesome. I love it. And you, know, you know what? That's awesome, Jonathan. You know what I just heard? I just heard a whole bunch of chains fall off. Yeah. I, you are setting you are setting guys. You really are. No, I'm serious. You are setting guys free right now. I think that is so good. Well, I tell you, guys, disciple your kids in the way that you can do it the best, you know, and you've just got to figure out, okay, where can you really get in your stride and where can you disciple the best? Now, Anne, she discipled better doing uh more of especially when the kids were little, teaching them through songs and through scripture memory and uh, in you know hiding the word of God in their heart in that way, more of a formal structure. But, you know, together we're a team and together That's both right. styles of discipleship and teaching our kids, it works together in their life and uh, you come out with a good solid product. You know, Heidi, um, I will say that there have been two things that were the things that were the the hardest to kind of get through and in, in um, uh, you know, finding peace in a, in a thing that was an ongoing uh, disagreement. And one of them had to do with family devotions and the other one had to do with ballroom dancing. Uh, I really... Because <laughs> that's I, the same thing. Oh, man. Like, I just had such a dream of, you know, having this anniversary and being able to do ballroom dancing with my husband. And he's just like, I'm not a dancer. Not and it's <laughs> And, you know, we'd go to a wedding and we would be like, we, we would come home so frustrated with each other because I, I wanted him to do ballroom dancing with me and he just like wouldn't do it. And so like weddings is where we would argue. And I finally just had to realize, you know what? This is silly. This is so stupid for the enemy to allow this little thing that does not make any difference to be something of a divisive in our marriage. And I just realized, hey, I have all kinds of crazy stuff that other ladies don't have, and I don't need to have the ballroom dancing, and that's okay. And actually, he did dance at a couple of our children's weddings. He did do that and dance with a couple of our daughters, which was really, really sweet. No, I oh, kudos to I you. Stood there <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but this other thing about family devotions. Okay, I grew up in a home, very godly parents. Both of us come from wonderful godly parents, and um, my family had family devotions every night. I, I'm talking every single night of our life. Um, it didn't matter if we were at grandma and grandpa's house. It didn't matter if we had company. We always had family devotions, and they always had the same little routine. We would. We would sing a little song. We'd read a, a, a scripture. We'd go around the circle and everyone would say a prayer. And then we would say the Lord's Prayer together. And when we first got married, John thought that would be a good idea for us to do that as well. But as we, um, you know, I'm the oldest in my family. So as we would go back and visit my family and younger siblings, John began to see that he didn't actually like how some of the family devotion was just this ritual where my teenage brothers were just like saying the same little memorized prayer that they'd been saying for three years. And they, they just, there wasn't a relationship there. And John's like, I don't want this style of discipleship and Bible training in our family. This is, and I'm like, but this is, this is good. We're supposed to, you need to lead our family. And it, we would argue. And I really thought I was right. I thought I had the higher ground on this. And, um, Finally, it came down to one place where John just said, okay, 
you come from a family with a very strong mom and a very strong grandma. And if you want to lead our family, you can lead it. Or if you want to let me lead, let me lead. And I, at that point, I let go of my family devotion thing. And, and I just, I let go. And, you know, that was, oh, that was a long, long time ago, 25 years ago or so. And And you just got out of counseling for it. Be honest. (laughs) By the way, we have never had an argument. Intense negotiations. (laughs) We just have intense negotiations. You know, our children, they they all they love the Lord. They love the Lord. They have they have personal walks with the Lord. They all love the word of God. They're all serving the word of God today. It's so awesome seeing our kids raising their children for the word of God. And um, you know, and I just realized, you know, I don't need to put John in this little box where he has to be you know, like what the homeschool gurus say he has to be like, you know, he, he's not like them. He is his own person. And so, you know, I, I think that is sometimes even just kind of letting go of some of these preconceived ideas of what it has to look like. And just realize, you know, the point is that we're following God. Psalms 127, one, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. Mm, so good. You guys, I want to talk really quickly. Um, to the the couple that's listening to this right now and they're 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 raising children maybe they got teenagers you know you and I both have uh seven children that we've been raising for a long time i never realized that life wasn't actually going to slow down i kept thinking oh next year when things slow down a little bit then i'll have time for this or next year then i we, i think we live for that sort of uh moment when we think we're going to get this calm clarity and be able to really focus on our marriage but it doesn't work like that. So talk to the parents who are listening to this right now and they're recognizing they need to make time for each other. So maybe they've they've spent a lot of time, you know, they've the mom is devoting her time to the kids, the dad is devoting his time to work and uh and they're really neglecting that primary relationship in the home which is the marriage. Talk to those uh to those parents for just a few minutes. Yeah, we need to nurture our marriage, have fun together, take walks together, be active together. You know, like John mentioned, you know, get a hot tub. That that actually is something really practical that can, you know, have like a date at home. Yeah, nobody do that until I put my Amazon affiliate link in the show notes, okay? <laughs> nobody get you know, your hot tub until that affiliate link gets in there. Just give me 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, you know, another thing is even like, like I read this little, um, I was on a homeschool group a couple days ago and there was a mom on there that said something like, you know, I, I just don't even care anything, anything about intimacy and marriage. And I, I, I could even, I could even do without it. And you know, that is dangerous. Like yes. we need to be romantic. We need to be able to, you know, flirt with, with each other. And Hey, something we've been doing lately is we, we've been working on doing several 15 second kisses throughout the day. <laughs> hey, man. Jay would and, love that. Yeah, they have to be at least 15 seconds. And, if they're not and, 15 uh, seconds, you got to start over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and John can't be too frisky until kiss number three. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because the women are the crock pot and the men are the microwave. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would just encourage as a husband and wife to just not be afraid to have fun together. You know, um, I once heard someone say, and I don't know how they come up with this number, but someone said that some theologian came up with that 
the feast in the Old Testament that God commanded amounted to about 20% of a person's income throughout the year. That, in other words, wow. God commanded basically about 20% of a person's income to be blown on feasts and having a good time. And, hey, man, um, I get, we can know, get behind that. There's nothing wrong with just having fun, you know, and enjoying life together, too. You only get one shot at this life. And one thing we've kind of taken as, you know, in our home and encouraged our kids to do is we've told them, you got to squeeze every ounce of life out of every day because you never get Mm. it back again. I mean, Mm. just squeeze every ounce of life that you can and live a life full of faith and adventure and joy. And it's contagious, you know, Um, like, for example, we just had two daughters, our daughter, Christine, our daughter, Kayla. Christy has three children. Kayla was just newly married this last December. They just got back from running a marathon in Antarctica. They went to run a marathon as a fundraiser for one of the orphanages that we just started in Nepal. You know, just that just that was instilled from them as children to live a life of adventure and outgoing. And so for them to go to Antarctica was just kind of just in the normal stride of life for them to do, you know, that it's just, uh, just that aggressive outgoing, looking for opportunity in life to just do something extraordinary for the Lord. Our our daughter said, who raises their kids to be so ridiculous? <laughs> but but and it's just doing... part of who we are. And, and yeah. we're just well, we're loving life. It's, you know, we just even, um, just, just a couple weeks ago, we have uh, this annual thing that we do as a family where we get all together and we have a family triathlon where we swim and bike and run. And there's some that are just like keeping track of the scores and there are others that are cooking the breakfast and we have a big spaghetti feed the night before. But I tell you, we have kids, grown children that fly in from across the country to be a part of this every year. And it just, there's just part of nurturing relationships that it, it doesn't detract from like the mission and purpose of your family. It just kind of helps you have a family culture, a family identity of just like, this is who, this is who we are. And it actually makes life a lot more fun too. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. You know, we are all about missions and evangelism. You know, for over 30 years, we have been preaching the gospel in the most remote areas of the world, places where people have never heard of Jesus. We've seen the needs, we've seen the poverty, we've seen starvation, We've got, you know, several orphanages under our care right now with approximately 1,100 orphan kids. I mean, we see the need. I mean, but we're also not afraid to have fun in this life, too, and to nurture our marriage and to blow a little money just on some things that are really just not even uh, (laughs) eternal, but just for fun. I mean, that it's important to see the need, but sometimes people can get so you know, uh, so serious and focused that there's no joy in their life, you know? And for me, you know, we're to pattern our life after Jesus and to be a disciple of Jesus. And I see Jesus just as someone who was so full of life that people Mm. flocked to him. I mean, that life just radiated out of him, that he was, he was not just some stuffed up, you know, Sadducee, uh, that he was Mm -hmm. just, the, the essence of life and joy, so much so that even, you know, people who were deep in sin wanted to be around him because of the life that radiated from him. And we want to be like that, that are people just filled with the life of Jesus, not only for outreach, but also in our home and in our marriage and with our children and grandchildren. 
It's so good. Well, you guys have been a huge encouragement to me today. I'm just sitting over here taking notes like I always do with my favorite guests on the show. And I think my takeaway from this is uh, train your children to love the Lord and you can have fun in the process. And you guys are definitely an example of doing that. Where can people find you guys online? People can find us at missionmindedfamilies.org. And I believe we send you also, Heidi, a link to a free ebook on the Scarlet Cord, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. It's like a concise call to world missions. Uh, We would love for people to take advantage of that. And uh, just remember, you don't have to cross the seas to be a missionary. You just need to see the cross, uh, the remember the cross of Jesus Christ. And if we can hurry up with this interview, because I want to get onto one of those 15 second kisses. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are awesome. All right, John and Adam, let you go so you can start kissing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute joy to have you here. God bless. Thank you. For more information on John and Ann Dunnigan and their amazing ministry to families, you can find out more at the show notes today, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I will also link back to that free mission-minded ebook, The Scarlet Cord, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. You guys, I know you've been encouraged today. If you love listening to this podcast, and I hope that you do, please be sure to leave a review for it over at iTunes and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.